Welcome to the Dan Sons Podcast, the podcast in which we are all strapped in, recording, and synced, I think. Joining me to be synced and recording is the lovely Matt Visual. Hello, Matt. Hello. Oh, that was delightful. And of course, as always, everyone's favorite synced in and recording uncle, Mr. George B. Sync! <laughs> oh, oh wait. God. Oh, God. Let's start again. <laughs> No, 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 no! What, what, I'm good. I'm good. I'm here with you guys. We're, we're, you're, we're... you're not. You're not recording from inside of an anus, and you are sync. Okay. I, should we explain all of the bullshit that everyone no, has had? No, no context is good. <laughs> <laughs> recording inside of an anus. That's good. There were some technical difficulties involving anuses shortly before production here today at the Dad and Son set cast. Yep. People don't realize as well. The technical difficulties we always have, and always have had, always come from George. And George is supposedly <laughs> someone who does this for a living. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing as uh, my, my career uh, continues as a um, star YouTuber, internet sensation celebrity, that uh, many, many of my tasks are, are becoming more, um, you know, menial and technical as, as the operation uh, becomes more complex. Um, um, affording me, you know, um, less time to do uh, creative stuff like, 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 like writing and, and writing. So I, I have found that a larger portion of my time has been spent bumbling through technical issues lately. And I wonder if it's because I'm old. It, it could be. What are you, like 50 now, George? No, I'm 20 thing. You're of <laughs> uncle age. I'm an uncle to, I think, one person in the world. No, maybe two. I think there's two. I think there's two of them. I think you're an uncle to thousands at the same time. At the same time, yes. Trust you to, you know, be involved in a podcast called Dad and Sons and then end up being turned into an uncle. (laughs) Trust you. (laughs) Now it's the Uncle Dad and Sons show. You decide. Uncle... And dads and sons. Where are the nieces and nephews? Where are the the aunts and the grandmas? I feel like we we need to get the whole family together for next week. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) We are officially three minutes in and Matt is done already. Hey, Matt. (laughs) We're not all in an all-inclusive podcast. Oh man! Every podcast I ride that line. Matt, what even? <laughs> I just want to see how far I can go. What even is the topic of this pod? Like, what is our category? I found out yesterday that I have an iTunes account that I started when I started this podcast that I don't remember about. God, I'll... hey guys, let's talk about video games. Oh, uh, what <laughs> video games have you guys played uh, this week? I played a game, I think. It's a what game. What video game is it? Wow. So, I've been, uh, I haven't really had much time this week because I've been sorting some stuff out for an unknown uncle that people will find out about in the future. So, very I've exciting been, video project in the works. So, I've been spending some time on my phone and I was browsing through the old Twitterverse the other day and I came across a tweet by. 
uh, lovely YouTuber friend, Mr. Super Eyepatch Wolf, um, anime star that he is. And he tweeted about, um, what did he say? He said something like, video game commercials don't get... And then there were, he posted a link to a advert which featured, I don't know if you know, a guy called Kenny Omega. Have either of yeah. you? Yeah. George, by any chance, have you heard of Kenny Omega? No, I he hasn't. I feel like I've heard the name. No. Yeah. He, he's, no. A, he's a wrestler <laughs> in, in Japan. He's in the New Japan pro wrestling circuit, and he's kind of become quite a huge, huge star um, over here. And, and, you know, he's like shining in the West as well. He's, he's a super cool guy. Uh, he also plays a lot of video games. He's a really oh, nice street fighter. Yeah, yeah, plays street fighter and stuff. Um, you know, you can usually see him marching around Tokyo Game Show and other but video he's game a shows. Wrestler. Yeah, he's a wrestler. So he did. He did you play Street Fighter in real life with him? Uh, no, I didn't. But uh, what did I play with him? I did play a game with him actually at Tokyo Game Show last year. Um, I can't remember what it was. I think it was a way forward game. Because James Montonio was there. Did you touch his pecs? No, but that dude, he's smaller than you think, but my god. He's Did built. James Montonio extend built. his shield? <laughs> George, shut up for a minute. And <laughs> anyway, so there's he's like becoming like a pretty famous dude, right? Like as yeah. like wrestling in Japan is is sort of opened up to the West now. It's like becoming really huge and Kenny is kind of the forefront of that because he's been around here for ages. He speaks Japanese. He's a Canadian guy. And he he's like, some of his like special moves are like based on Sephiroth. So he does like one-winged angel-based stuff. Yeah. And he does like this thing called like, like I can't remember what it's called, like what he actually calls it. But he like, he does like a gun gesture and he goes, bang! And he like shoots his opponent and stuff it's super cheesy but kind of cool because he's a cool guy but anyway he ended up <laughs> he's started doing adverts for random wow. stuff and he did a, mm-hmm. a he did an advert for cody like being dlc character in street fighter recently kind of looks like him um but the the video that super eye punch wolf posted was a video of him advertising a brand new japanese mobile gacha game called bang dream Girl Band Party. That sounds like a game that we inevitably talk about every week. Last week it was like Nico Para. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is called Bang Dream. The week before it was Lust for Darkness. Well, this is the opposite of darkness. This is this is absolute weeaboo trash. Um, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen the? the did you game. see the video as well, Matt? No, it's no, it's it's not a porn game. It's not a porn game, but you know, it bridges it bridges the line of what you can imagine in your head. So just imagine loads of anime girls, but they're all in like rock bands. Okay, so it mm-hmm. is actually a rhythm game, and I was of like course. watching the advert, and I was watching Kenny play, and the similarities between it and like the the arcade rhythm game Chuntium which is a game I've talked about on the show before. It's like my favorite rhythm arcade game here in Japan. It's super, it's super similar. Like, it basically just steals a lot from uh, Chunthium. And, like, I was like, holy shit, that's like a mobile version of Chunthium. So I was like, shit, do I want to download this weeaboo trash just to get to the this rhythm game? 
I was like, well, if Kenny Omega is, you know, if Kenny Omega is selling it, I gotta give it a try. So I downloaded this this Bang That's what Dream. What they want you to do? Yeah, downloaded Bang Dream, Bang Dream Gil Band Party. Uh, immediately, it took me about half an hour before I could actually play a song I, because it has like a story to it. Like there's these five different girl bands in it, and you have to watch them talk to each other, and it. Usually you think like the story mode would have like challenges where you have to like take on songs or something. But the story mode is you just watch these anime characters talk to each other. You and that's you it. watch the story in you just story watch, mode. Yeah, you just watch the story and it's you know, it's 2D pictures I mean, like it that that's it. And yeah, it's I, they're not like falsely advertising it or anything at least. No, no, you just you're just watching these these two characters of three sometimes talk to each other and you're like this is really boring and then luckily you can skip it all and then you unlock songs and then i was like okay now i can try the rhythm game after like fucking half an hour then i played the rhythm game and it's really good it's <laughs> it's really good it's like one of the better rhythm games i've played on a phone or a mobile device it's very very similar to chantium like you have like multiple keys and you tap them with your thumb and you can it's kind of guitar-esque. Um, but it's really, really good. But also kind of then is ruined by mobile game bullshit. Like everything. So, like, it kind of encourages you to play it safe. Like, not playing on, like, a harder... Diff like, I'm pretty good at rhythm games. So, I, you know, I immediately go to, like, Expert or something. So I was, like, playing it, and I failed the first song. And as soon as you fail... Um, or you lose, like, the energy your band has. Like, you can get more energy if you level up your characters or get better characters use using the gacha system. Because it's a Japanese game, it has to have a fucking gacha system. And then, once you run out of energy, uh, you have to use stars. So, like, the in-game currency. Um, it gives you a load for free to begin with. You have to use your in-game currency to carry on the song. Okay. So it can stop you in the middle of a song for microtransactions. Yeah, in the middle of the song, like in the middle of... Yeah, yes. Or, or if you have the stars already, like, you know, you haven't used all of them up, the, the free ones you got. And you get free ones for logging in and stuff. But it limits you from, like, playing harder songs or trying to get better. Because if you just try a song and immediately, like, fail or run out of energy, you have to then use 50 stars every time to, like, carry on the song. And there's all other, like, sort of, you, you you get ten free, like, flames. Oh, I don't know what it's called. It's like a flame icon, and you have to use one flame every time you try a song. And So you're using that currency at the same time. And then the stars is, like, the in-game currency that you can actually buy. So if you, like, fail a song, it asks you if you want to give up, and then you lose all the rewards, and, you, you know, you've wasted a flame economy to try the song. Or just, you can pay 50 stars to carry on playing the song. And it's like, holy shit. And you it, just watch your stars go down while you're trying to finish the song. It's super shitty. It kind of sounds like the musical version of, of waiting to put money in the game while this child in the Harry Potter school is choking to death from a terrifying plant monster. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, but it's weird then because the songs are like, it's kind of weird because it has like original songs that are supposedly made by the the you know the fictional bands that are in the game. It's really nicely presented. I will admit, it's like 
all of the stories have voice acting behind them. Uh, they have like quite a lot wow. of animation. There's lots and lots of characters. So it's definitely like a big studio behind it. I don't know. I think they're called Bushido Road or something. Um, and this, but the, the songs like you have original songs and then you have covers of like famous Japanese anime songs and also pop songs like there's the the Gurren Lagann song is on there. The Steins Gate song is on there. The Attack on Titan song is on there. Um, but they 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 they're only like one or two minutes long, so they're not even like full Guitar Hero length songs. So you're like, if you fail, you're like, well, I'm only like 30 seconds into this, and it's asking me to like use 50 stars to carry on. It's, it's, it's real shitty, but I can't stop playing. And now I've gotten quite good at it. I don't lose as many stars as I did in the beginning. Oh no! So now I'm I'm playing. I haven't spent any money on it, and I refuse to do so. But Behind the story, which is non-existent, you're just watching characters talk, which is trying to get you to invest in the gacha system and collect as many characters as you can so you can steal all these stories. I imagine Japanese players love that shit, but there's literally no incentive to watch the stories. You don't really gain anything apart from unlocking songs and outfits and stuff, and I don't really care about that. You can skip. You, there's literally a button there that says skip, and you can just skip it, and then it it sends you back into the lobby. It's like, what was the point in that? Um, but then when you play the rhythm game and you don't fail and you actually go through a song, it's really good fun. And it has like lots of customization stuff that other rhythm games I haven't really seen before. Like it allows you to choose the, the difficulty of the song, you know, easy, medium, expert, uh, hard, and then expert. It, so it'll that will be the amount of notes and the different variations of the notes, like notes you hold, double notes, or like notes that you have to flick and stuff like that. But then you can also customize how fast the notes come at you. So like it has a speed setting where it goes from zero to 11 and you can you can choose how fast you want the notes to come at you. So you can keep a good tempo, like if you're pretty fast. So I currently have, have it set to like expert and then like level 10 for speed. So, it's really fun. Like you can customize the speed and it makes the songs a lot more fun to like experiment with. Like I really like songs where you just like are doing like lots and lots of tapping. I don't like where it has all the variations of notes where you have to hold the note or flick the note, like all that bullshit that makes you fail. I just like tapping and looking like I'm a piano genius. Um, so customizing the speed and stuff is really cool. It's just so weird that there's this really good rhythm game hidden behind all this weird Japanese mobile game bullshit. Kind of makes me a little sad. Because it is worth playing. You know what I just what, what I just realized is that I don't think I still have a picture image in my head of what the actual gameplay looks like. Like, is it doing the if it's I'm gonna, on a I'm phone? Find, I guess you like touch screen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the Kenny Omega advert for you. Okay, like, uh, it, does it do it like gives... the Elite Beat Agents thing? Are you like tapping circles? No, no, it's 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 literally like the the arcade game Chuntium. Like it's it's almost exactly the same. Um, you have like it's a lot smaller need... of it. Chuntium is like twenty four keys that you strung your hands across. Whereas oh. this is like this is like ten keys that you tap along. Like it's oh. almost like a piano. Yeah, band yeah, I have seen that girl one. Band party. Yeah, I think um. Yeah, I found, I found was, the was really into that when we were at the arcades. Right. I hit, here is the advert. I'm sending you both the advert. Matt, yeah. you'll love the advert anyway. You love that shit. 
Matt loves all the the cutest Japanese girls. Watch Kenny in Omega, their bands. the 66 Absolutely. IWGP heavyweight champion from New Japan Pro Wrestling, play fiercely play this game. Can can he do a like Tony Hawk thing and and have it be renamed to Kenny Omega's Bang Dream Girl Band Party One? Man, this is the kind of shit that I think Kenny would love. Also, the Bang has like a capital G at the end of it. I don't I don't know why. Is it an abbreviation for something? I don't know. I don't know, I guess. But it's a good game! Like, this is the thing. Like, when you get past the nonsense, it is actually a really good rhythm game. It's one of the... Because <laughs> I love rhythm games, so I've been, you know, trying to look for a good rhythm game for mobile games for ages. And this is pretty much the only one that's held my attention for longer than, you know, the initial play. And, like, I've been playing it all since since last weekend. I've so it's like a lot. It's like Guitar Hero. You got like a yeah. horizon line in the middle of the screen, notes yeah. that come at you, and you tap your fingers instead of pressing a fretboard. I see. Yeah, but it's like it's almost exactly the same as Tentium. Like you have to slide your thumb across to different things, and it's very very similar to the Japanese arcade. Are, are the controls reliable? Have they failed you at all? No, they're super responsive. They're really really tight. Wow, because like looking at it, it seems like they'd be coming in so fast that that your your fingers might get confused about what what zone on the screen counts for the hitbox and what doesn't. But no, it's really really good, and um, I've actually got it. You know, on the tenth speed, like eleventh is the highest. So when I like, I'm not. I'm pretty good at rhythm games, but I'm not like a Japanese robot person in an arcade. Um, but when I play it, and I'm actually watching it, like. It's pretty fast. It is pretty fast. I, I, I want to take yeah. like a recording on my phone and send it to you guys later to show you what the speed is. So, uh, any, any, any final thoughts on... I would recommend it, like, if you can deal with mobile phone bullshit. Like, if you can deal with mobile phone bullshit, like Japanese mobile gacha games, I would check it out. Like, if you like rhythm games, it's good. Don't bother with all the... Mm shitty anime character nonsense unless you're into that if that's what you're into do it but it's worth playing just for the uh just for the, the story mo- oh oh, no, oh no. yeah that's what i was waiting uh-huh. for there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, when, I, when i play this game uh liam I, i'm not gonna see anything that is gonna make me question that right no, no, Making no. I haven't, I haven't like seen... You were actually there for the rhythm game and not for the cute no, little anime girls. No, I haven't seen anything like that. I will admit, like, I didn't experiment with any of the, the girls whatsoever or, like... You didn't I, experiment, you experiment with, with, with the, the girls. girls. No, I was, I was just like... Wow. You, you can change... Digging yourself into a hole here. Oh, here we go. I'm sure many listeners will be very disappointed to hear anyway, that. Is this, how, is, this, is this how we play on Uncles and Sons? Is this what we're doing? <laughs> Are you the judgmental uncles? Is, Matt, have you become a judgmental uncle as well? I am not. I am not. Um, I'm joining... I'm joining your uh, your space, by the way, your uh, your super space. <laughs> Dragon Ball Super. I started watching that again. Wait, is that was that the segue? That was the segue. You give me so much shit for having imperfect segues sometimes, and you're joining him in the super zone. I was gonna make it cleaner. But but then Liam had the talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I, super, super. Um, I actually do have a game, but I'll, I'll just briefly touch on Dragon Ball Super. Wow, 
Um, so, so I went back to the dub, and okay. I think it's considerably better, in my opinion, for for me, um, at least, especially with Goku. Hey, man, I have no... I grew up with the Dragon Ball Z dub for years and years, so I've got no problem with the, the Dragon Ball dub. Yeah. Chris um, Sabat and all those guys are awesome. It The flow is a little bit better. Like, it, it's... um. It's well done. It almost it, just the way they capture the characters, especially years after Dragon Ball Z. Um, like like the first time like Trunks meets Scholar Gohan for the first time, that awkwardness of seeing someone like who's supposed to be like surpassing his father <laughs> in power level, and, and he's just uh, like some scholar dad now. You know, <laughs> yeah, like he's it, such a dweeb. <laughs> just that awkward. Oh man, the whole section was just so good. Just the way they, the the, they're um, I would say that the writing sometimes is actually pretty decent. The look, I guess, is it has to do with uh, when they were translating it from um, from Japanese to English. They kind of made it their own in some way. Um, because it, it it does feel a little bit different from because I I watched the first what like fifty episodes in sub and then I went back and rewatched um kind of like the whole beginning arc of Black uh, in dub oh, and okay. it's significant yeah it's like significantly different I actually enjoy myself a little bit more. Do you uh, like Goku Black's them. voice? Yes. I He's do. very posh. Oh, I'm Goku, but I'm English and posh at the same time. <laughs> it is no. It just sounds like go like Goku's voice actor is talking normal ish. Like, mm, <laughs> no, because yeah, Goku's, Goku's voice actor think of sounds it as posh. Sean Shemmel sounds like Goku. Like he's not that far removed from Goku's voice. He sounds super different when he's Goku Black. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Um, I kind of, I kind of like it. I, I never got posh from it though. I, I don't know. I, I grew. I don't know. It, the, the thing is about Goku Black though, is that, like I said last time, why did they name him Black? <laughs> why did they name the evil guy Black? Like literally, some he's of wearing the black clothing, Matt. Of course, it's God, it's damn it. di- it's so different watching him in dub because the way the wording is like literally a, uh, one of the characters say hold your fire this man isn't black <laughs> like shrug says that and i'm like nah it like there's so much of that and i'm like why 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 there's no way the actors weren't in you know in the studio being like is this the line is this the line? Are you sure? <laughs> I want, I want to, I want to get a clip of that just to, just to get that around. Um, but yeah, yeah I like, find the other one a little more ridiculous. Like, obviously, Goku becomes Super Saiyan Blue, and then Goku Black's like, "Well, how about I do this?" And he's like, "What about Rose? 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 Super Rose. Saiyan Rose?" <laughs> But, like, they make fun of the show constantly. Like, when they go back, Boma's like, Rosé? He had to to pick (laughs) the the same, like, labels, and he picked Rosé? Rosé? And then you, like, zoom up the camera, and, like, all the couches are, like, (laughs) Rosé-colored? Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I can't it's... believe that I'm Googling this and stuff is actually coming up. Rose with like the accent on the E, like like the wine. Yes. Yeah, like look at his hair color, man. He's a pink, well, okay, pink because now that I think about it, aren't a lot of characters in the Dragon Ball universe named after food stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 Vegeta. They're just not named after, Kakarot. like, fruity dessert French wine, you know? That, that's well, kind of a little I out mean, of character. Goku and Vegeta's new forms are what? Super Saiyan Blue. No. I mean, Super Saiyan Blue, and, and then it's colors now. It's yeah. It's all colors. Is there like a, a Chardonnay? Rose is because of his color, because he's like uh, pink. Are they gonna have a, an epic battle standoff against like? Uh, well, don't Kino say Noir. anything, Liam, because I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> oh, I, even I haven't finished it, but oh, I am okay, interested yeah. to know if you're enjoying it because when we spoke about it, when I brought it up on the show, like couple of months ago you were like man that shit is such bad animation it does shit. have bad animation <laughs> what and it sounds like and it it is gotten the animation has gotten better than the beginning it it you know so to the point that i don't really realize it unless it's like obviously if the characters are far away you can obviously like the the eyes are like all the way up to the forehead and stuff like that they just don't really care at that point, like they just have some kids drawing some eyebrows on some, you know, distant characters. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, <laughs> you know, they don't have care for this. This is like, you know, the, the, the sitcom TV show every, you know, every week. Um, but I, I think the Dragon Ball Super Story is kind of stupid. But it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, that's the like, thing. It's it's a it stupid it's a stupid, stupid show. Like, it, it, but it's it's freaking like uh, entertaining. I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know. Um, I I think it's a little bit of nostalgia and a little bit that it's actually not not bad at all. At least for me, the dub kind of helped me with that. It moves at a way faster pace than obviously Dragon Ball is, you know, used to. Oh, I, I think it's actually a little bit better than the Z, I would say, um, in terms of like the motion of it and and the the even the downtime episodes are are paced because uh, there's well less of them. <laughs> there's yeah. fucking less of them. I like yeah. and like I like the new characters. Like I really like Beerus and yeah. Wiz. I really and I think like that's part of characters. it. Yeah, they did a really good job with it, with those two characters. Yeah, it, it's it's oh, it's funny. Like to have to see Boma bicker with Beerus and all that. Like that's it's funny. It's it's very entertaining. Now, George, not yes. for you. <laughs> not, oh. It doesn't get good until like episode. 55 or something like that just like don't. why do you wait that long i didn't wait that long i didn't wait i just it during when they this first came out i decided to watch it and then i got tired of it and then i dropped it and then now i picked it back up after like a, a year i don't know how long since i watched this thing like last year because I'm I'm almost there i was like at episode like 55 and they're only at 76 right now for at I, least for I, the dub I think I remember being in the Magfest Hotel when reading that fateful email from Doogly Jim that simply asked, "Can you guys talk about anime?" Uh. So, 
We got we got five more months to go before we reach. We still the, haven't like, spoken about Boku no Hero after you no, fucking. I I have some scary news. Uh oh. I I picked Boku no Hero Academia back up. Oh. And um. <laughs> Uh-oh. Liam's <laughs> like already having an aneurysm. <laughs> I remember you guys warning me that some of the episodes might feel like filler. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh... Filler arcs. I, I finished my way through episode eight. The first three were fantastic. The four uh, was seemingly the setup for a very very long four episode arc that it feels like I just finally finished like it's it's doing the thing where where characters will like yell for for 5 minutes powering up their super move and then the episode will end like just as they blast it so you got to like wait for for the next one to see really? what happens Boku no hmm. isn't really like that yeah tends not to be like that anyway i don't know what Part you refer. I, I mean, what episode is this? Like episode ten or something? No, no. I'm, I'm going through four through eight. So he uh, had a little competition <laughs> where he was uh, throwing throwing his baseball, oh, and and he had to power up his quirk to throw the baseball through the whole episode. And then they oh, had another like fighting the robot and shit. Yeah, there was another another episode where they they fight the robot and shit, and then and then he fights <laughs> the bad guy who's a huge piece of shit and has been such a huge piece of shit to him his whole life. And it just really makes the bad guy angry. Why is the bad Wait, guy he fights so Bakugou? angry all the time? Are you talking about when he fights Bakugo? Like the white head yeah. kid? That's his name? Yeah, Bakugo. He's not, he's not the bad guy. Seriously? <laughs> he's, a, he's a jerk, but he's not the bad guy. Are you spoiling a future yeah, twist? Does he do totally a like spoiling it, thing? Liam? Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. He's just like another student in the school. <laughs> Wait, you're spoiling it more. So, so it's even <laughs> you <messed> like that up. <laughs> it's gonna go through the motions further and turn what I presume to be a villain into a friend later. Oh no, it's over. Now so you're giving Vegeta? him an excuse to stop watching, Liam. You're no, giving him an excuse. He's gonna be thinking saying. like, "Oh, Liam spoiled it. <laughs> Liam spoiled it." And he's Matt, why are you doing this? Top. Matt, why are you doing this? You know whatever he's saying, he doesn't know. George, you don't know nothing. It took them forever to get through this shit. <laughs> you the were first three episodes, episodes moved in. so fast. Like you're you're like you're not even dipping your toe into the water yet, man. You're like you have no idea like, what's oh. coming. So the guys have been talking about this anime. It's like 52 episodes long so far. And it's like got really good around many different parts of those 50 episodes. But I'm just going to I'm just gonna give up after eight. Like, I, I know what's going to happen here. That, this kid's like the bad guy. That's like three hours. You're it's not going to get to the let's George. go part. You know? You're never going to get there. <laughs> uh, and it, look. We, look. Look. I've got. Look. Anime is like JRPGs. Oh, God, no. give them some time You're investment. Worse. No, but it's true, Matt, isn't it? It's a time investment, and then and we all know, we, even with JRPGs, as long as it's not Final Fantasy 15, that 
the payoff is worth it usually. Anime's the same. Agoretsuko took me two days. Agoretsuko is like fifteen minute episodes. It's yeah, it was it, it was, was great. originally I, I, an online short. He probably barely watched it too. Probably was like writing a script or something. Matt, did you forget he gave up after eight episodes and wouldn't even finish the show until we told him to? <laughs> Wait, which show? Which one was this one? Yeah, I exactly. Go. Exactly. <laughs> you were like, "Oh, this guy, she's just gonna like quit her job and marry this dude." Uh, we're like, "George, finish the fucking show." <laughs> But at least hey. I could finish. I'm like staring into the abyss now. Apparently, there's there's 53 of these. Why don't you do it as an experiment? Like, just Forget do it. it as an experiment. Just blow a whole weekend. I don't know. Make a video on it or something. Just I don't use think I an, can. Just blow use it a as whole an excuse. Weekend. As to just as an experiment. Just power through <laughs> blow it. Blow a whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> blow two weekends. Well, um, I climbed a mountain. <laughs> which, which mountain was it? Kennesaw Mountain. Okay. A couple miles up into Did the you sky. catch any squirtles? I, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I'm at, that, I'm, at that, I'm at that time in my life where I needed to climb a mountain. <laughs> But that was a good <laughs> good segue, right? <laughs> I would say you right, about when I got to the top of my mountain, I almost <laughs> fell. But that reminds me of Titanfall. <laughs> Titanfall 2. <laughs> I actually did climb a mountain, by the way. Wait, did Titanfall you almost two. also fall off it? <laughs> no, no, that that was not true. <laughs> ah, <laughs> that was not. I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes. You would if you almost train wreck. <laughs> Matt climbs a mountain. All right, I'm good. <laughs> oh God, what are you gonna edit in there? Um, um, Titanfall two. I'm gonna keep it short. It, if you haven't played the single player, like go play that. That's yes. good. Yes. Yeah, but what about Castle Mountain? It's so good. It's so freaking good. Actually, in fact, it's so good. I told George to buy it last year. And I think I did. And I think and you I did had buy fun. It. And you really enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah. Something we oh, all agree on for once. Yeah, I, I played the campaign, had had a little dingle dangly good time. I played like a few days of the multiplayer, had a dingle dangly good time. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we all played. I remember Jimmy talking about it, and that's pretty much it. But, wow, we all played. Yeah, it, so I, I don't need to convince everybody. Guys, if it's cheap as hell, go go buy, buy it. it. And it The single player is amazing. Is. That it's game fantastic. really struggled to uh, find a multiplayer audience. And, and as far as I remember, they did a lot of drastic changes in the patch as, as they were patching up the multiplayer that might not have been for the best in the long term of things, but for a while in the beginning, that was like one of the only places you could really go for a, a in-depth like movement system in a competitive multiplayer game, where like strafing and gliding at like 45 degree angles gave you little speed boosts that that would uh, be good for your, your, your score, I guess. It's really You know what good. I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Both single player yeah. and multiplayer are very good examples of 
excellent game design and also like just pure changing up the formula and making it super fun, super fresh. As I, I love it. I thought it was such a great game. And and, and I don't, I'm not saying like oh the story is amazing, go play it. It's it's like just the way the game feels. The way the game feels is so good. Like every single section has so something pleased. new that they bring. Oh, it yeah. is far from the regular single player shooting crap that's out there. Oh my There's, like, god. There's like boss fights and really weird weapon gimmicks that pop up. Oh, and like level that are like and, putting yeah, themselves <laughs> together. Sorry, I was just like remembering the assembly line level. It's like this Charlie Chaplin comedy routine as an FPS. You're like grinding, getting ground through the machines of this factory. And, and well, like, we're in a building the houses. Yeah, where you're yeah. like hopping from piece to piece as the house is getting built together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's cool. And you have to jump off, jump back on, jump off, jump back. It's cool. It's 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 really really cool. And then that boss fight there when they put everything into the dome, like it's 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 original. It's freaking original, and it's fun to play. It's fun to slide around constantly and run up walls and like you just have this freedom. Like you're like just like I never felt like a superhero as a regular dude before. Like it felt felt nice. It's. It's an amazing, amazing single player. Probably one of my favorites, I would say. Yeah, um, for a while. Me too. Yeah, for I for agree. a shooter, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's worth playing just for that one level as well. I'm, I don't want to spoil it. Even now, it's it's just too good. And BT BT is great. BT's like, cool yeah. as fuck. Yeah. The um, what was it? Um, Matt Mercer is the one who plays like your character, which is. It's supposed to be like a plain guy. Like he's not supposed to be anything that you like. He, I don't know. Like uh, you don't usually give them, I guess, say a personality um, when you want someone when you're picking dialogue options and stuff like that. And they, he still did a good job being like that plain pilot guy um with bt and making jokes with bt when you choose uh like the sarcastic option or something like that it's 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 pretty it's pretty good that's all i'm saying it's pretty good it's pretty good i remember really being impressed with the writing and the sense of humor like like that thing the the polish and the inventiveness of both the level designs combined with with this uh sense of of pacing and snark that kind of makes it feel like a, a Star Wars piece of of, mm. of sci-fi in a way. Um, altogether, the packet it, it almost felt like I was playing through Portal Two again. Like just this really, yeah. really slick, inventive campaign of FPS jumping puzzles, <laughs> more so than FPS like combat arenas with uh, with jokes like like that would be drip fed into the reward cycle of completing these puzzles. It was it was a good weekend, a good weekend romp. And it's short, short and sweet, sugar sweet, man. Go buy that. <laughs> it's it's not as long as is watching anime. <sighs> it's like a JRPG, George. Invest. Anyways, um, well, what, what did you play, George? What did you play? I you know just a little more of the same. I'm 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 getting back into Siege. Oh, they've they've upgraded Siege 
to be so nice these days. The interface is is just wonderfully beautiful and snappy and, and responsive compared to, to how it was on launch. I, uh, oh, they're really updating that like constantly. It's been years, hasn't it? Yeah, they they changed the loading screen art for some reason in the latest patches. The loading screens look a little better. They didn't need to do that. Wow. Um, just played like more more of the Sims stuff I've been chipping away at. I tried out Vermintide 2. Uh, do you guys know what that is? Yeah, yeah the Warhammer game, right? I, I just want to say I highly appreciate a Warhammer game that begins its tutorial level with the first weapon that it gives you being an actual Warhammer. Kudos, kudos to the team on that. For, for having a game called Warhammer colon Vermintide 2, and the first weapon you pick up in the tutorial is a Warhammer. Um, anyways, uh, Warhammer Vermintide 2 is a co-op FPS uh, in the vein of Left 4 Dead, where there are bad guys who can pin your characters down and leave you helpless until friends help you out, thus necessitating the cooperative play. Uh, unlike Left 4 Dead 2, projectile is mainly uh, combat is mainly melees instead of projectiles, and that's where things get like interesting and weird. It feels really good, believe it or not. Like this is first-person melee combat that feels as it, it seems to have as much a note of weight and distance and speed to your swings as like Condemned Criminal Origins did in 2005. There are so few FPS games that get melee combat right that it feels fresh and fun playing one that just does for once. Um, there's also a lot more personality and humor to the game than I was expecting. If you look at any screenshot of this game, it looks like like some grimdark, heavy metal, droll. It looks like a Zazzy the Beast game. Um, but when I when you play it up and load up that tutorial level, you're playing this like stocky, kind of like Scottish dwarf man who has the who shows up with the hammer and he he, he says some like quirky joke in an incredibly thick accent that is like makes it come off hilarious there's there's wonderful banter between the three of you or four of you guys and uh even an entertaining cast of supporting side characters who um have have personalities to them like and that extends to the menus. I, I got a halberd I got like a level five halberd and in the menu they call it a uh, stabbing stick um, because it's for like dumb, dumb peasant recruits in the army who who apparently can't say the word halberd. The the character design is you can tell it's done by like prop designers who are making pewter figures. There's so there's so much um, detail and, and intricacy and, and beautiful like color composition. I'm pretty impressed. Uh, there's there's a lot of those um like uh, uh, meta sort of systems, meters that fill up after the end of every match is there's an inventory system that I have yet to wrap my head around. But the core gameplay, the art design, the writing, the, the humor and the personality they gave it is all super duper keen. And I would want to play more if I just felt that like real ass hook. And it feels weird being able to look at this game and, and recognizing how well it's pulled off, but I'm not feeling like super duper compelled and sucked into it. I want to give it more. It's good value. It's good, good, good game. I just don't know if it's like, you know, a, a necessary must play yet or if I'll get there later. 
Oh, it's only 15 bucks now. I yeah. It being like 40. Yeah. If you it's guys want to get a, a to be a multiplayer game, right? Yeah, um I'm guessing I don't know if there are bots in it or not, but if you play it alone, they'd have to give you those bots because you could not work your way out of any enemy's special attack without a friend to help you out. Let's see. I'm going to see if uh, bots come up on a quick Google search. Um, yeah, yeah. apparently it has bots. Uh, apparently people on the Steam forums don't recommend those bots, but they are there. <laughs> Play yeah, they're real saying, people. I, <laughs> when I it comes get... to boss fights, oh boy. And yeah, there's uh, boss fights. Left 4 Dead has its tank that shows up and plays music. This thing has, I think, like a variety of three of them that do sort of um, different AOE zoning tactics. It's, it's. I feel like describing Left 4 Dead but reimagined and updated for 2018, much in the same way that like Siege's Counter Strike but reimagined and fast forward in the future. I feel like Vermintide is like picking up the spiritual lineage of of left for dead because valve won't anymore hmm. um and it's I really interesting when these games it's it's really interesting when reading reviews behind the developers of this game responding to like accusations of them straight ripping off left for dead they're like no not many games have tried that genre before and it's also not a genre that should be just exclusive to a zombie setting they yeah. All things considered, like did a really, really good job translating it over to a like Tolkien high fantasy setting. I think the monsters in, in this they're 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 like evil rat people instead of zombies, but it like works. They look like a swarm of of animals that you don't feel bad killing and and it it doesn't necessarily like look like Left for Dead at first glance. The art direction is is totally different. And uh, the proportions and the colors and the textures of everything just do not resemble the Left 4 Dead setting at all, despite the the similar um, setup. And then once you yeah get into the game and start like customizing your inventory and character, and even getting into like the combat swings where you're like blocking and swinging and dodging, there's dodge rolls with spacebar plus A or D. It doesn't feel like Left 4 Dead once it's in your hands either. And it's really really cool to me to see a developer take be so inspired by a basic premise of another game and have the final product not may, maybe resemble the original inspiration but not look or feel like it uh, after significant development of, of processing that idea into their own original spin on it it's it's if anything else if you like watching successful game development stories like i feel like this might be one of them i feel like they 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 impressed when when expectations might have been low. Hmm. Yeah, I remember playing the first one um, right when I was going to get robbed. So it leaves a, uh, you know, sour, sour taste in my mouth. Oh, no. Does that mean you can't play Vermintine? You're just going to have, like, flashbacks? <laughs> no. <laughs> PTSD from the first game. Oh, my God. Someone's at my door. <laughs> <laughs> you just like hear a thump in the game and you're like oh no is that a thump in real life <gasps> wait oh god <laughs> what was that that was me Matt are you okay <laughs> the rats are here 
Oh, no. What are they called? Skaven? Skaven? Skaven, yeah. Skaven. Yeah. And that's like another, th when, when you load it up and go through that tutorial level, there's like really fun terminologies. There's some really fun villain who who is completely hamming up his role as, as some shoulder pad heavy uh, a 90s Todd McFarlane warlord character. And if anything, it's, it's a little weird how like the writing and the dialogue and the humor are a lot more cartoony than the art style, but it still kind of works in its own uh, sort of like pop gothy way. Hmm. Anyways, I, 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 I think I, yeah, yeah, so far I give it, like, a light recommend. A light recommend? Because I did not have any non-fun when I was going through it. Even when I was learning these incredibly convoluted menu systems, they were still a, a, a compelling beast to, to tame. Nice. Hmm. And and I just kind of want to see what the other levels look like before putting it down. I mean, it looks fun. Yep. Can confirm. Fun. Fun happened. Fun, 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 fun. Fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> well. So, uh, are we, are we... Going to the break? <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> Jesus. I think we just kind of, like, flushed ourselves down the toilet just then. Huh. <laughs> You listen closely. One of us is grabbing toilet paper. If you listen closely, you can hear the moment where our hearts break. <laughs> it's when I realized I can't play Vermintide 2 because my PC is not good enough. And Matt was like, <laughs> eh, it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it was such cheap now. The following commercial has been modified for a mature audience. Hi, I'm Bradley Michael Farts. And my family's been in the poop business for over 30 years. That's why we invented the poop tube. The poop tube revolutionizes the pooping experience. It really works. Now you can stand up and poop like a man. No more standing in long lines to wait to take a poop. Did you ever have to take a poop at a family picnic? Now, all you need is a poop tube and a trash can. And the poop tube is for kids, too. And now the tube smell is improved. It doesn't smell good, but it smells better than it used to. If you're like me, there's nothing more embarrassing than having to sit on a filthy toilet seat to take a poop. I'm BM Farts. My dad said I could sell the poop tube. My dad said I could sell the poop tube. Now, the yawning has subsided, and we are back and ready for the news. Woo! George, mm -hmm. what the fuck is going down in the mm. world of video games? It's uh, Tuesday morning. Weather's looking uh, pretty clear. We got some light showers. Uh, looks like up in the Marietta area around uh, I-75 northbound heading up. Nintendo has sued ROM sites for mass copyright <laughs> infringement. Whoa. So this uh, feels like... Something that happens every Tuesday or so. Nintendo has filed a lawsuit against the alleged operators of popular console ROM sites, LoveRoms.com and LoveRetro.co. Uh, believe it or not, this lawsuit was filed in Arizona instead of um, against some like weird, you know, four and four hundred pound Russian hackers in gorilla costumes. Um, uh, why did they operate this site pseudonymously? Anyways. Um, apparently this 
these two websites were rum websites. You know, they they very very blatantly hosted uh, copyrighted software to be played on on emulators for free to circumvent paying the the right owners stuff, which doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, no, you'll find none of that on my computer. But that, anyways, what's a ROM? Yeah, what's a ROM? What's an emulator? <clears throat> um, what's a Nintendo? I don't know what any of this stuff is, officer. Covering all bases. <laughs> let me let me shove them under my bed before I answer the next question, though. Can I physically hold a ROM? I, if you copy it onto a physical storage medium, yes. Can you use it? So you do know what a ROM is. Wait, no. Foiled. No entrapment. Foiled. Entrapment. <laughs> Okay, so Nintendo has done this before. In 2013, they they sued some other other ROM sites. In 2009, they sued uh, the makers of the R4 cards that uh, people would be putting in their DSs and copy pasting ROMs onto their DSs through that. They lost that one. In 2010, they sued an Australian guy who knew Super Mario Brothers. In 2003, they were suing people who were making flash linkers for the GBAs. In 2017, they weren't sell- suing anyone. They were selling a, a digital version of Mario that presumably used a ROM that got uploaded somewhere illegally. <laughs> so they have a long history both of suing and of using these illegal ROM sites. <laughs> going, going far, far back for the past 15 years. And this latest batch is one that I consider a little more of a of of a small fry story compared to the previous world in which this would have been a huge news story. If this had broken in 2003, there would be large amounts of internet backlash over people's presumed rights to down. Yeah, because you know, you know, if you own the original console and the original cartridge, it's totally okay. So that means these websites are not bad right right guys as i rub my my elbows into your shoulders we're not bad for downloading them the websites are for hosting that's That's right they should feel very bad they should be ashamed of themselves (laughs) what is happening guys what is happening i just can't believe that they were like putting their who is information out there publicly. If I grow up and start a ROM site, you better bet yourself it's not going to be like operated out of Arizona. It would be operated out of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> what? No, uh, no, I, I, I think what I was trying to like wink, wink, nudge, nudge at is that you should like fly to Liechtenstein or something first. Before attempting to operate a ROM site. Why are you giving advice to criminals? To clear criminals, George? Um... I guess guess the line between advising and asking reasonable questions about their plans is pretty blurry in this case. I have never used a ROM... Ever. I don't I believe. I used to download them when I was young on my dial-up internet. Uh, I was too stupid to know how to download from them. my cereal box. I, I never used to do that. 
use free internet and free games. I never used to do that at all. Remember yeah. how you used to get like free trials for internet service providers in back in the day? Box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I used to use. And I just nowadays you got to sign up for Comcast 70, 80. Liam, how expensive is your internet? Uh, fairly inexpensive. Japan's about the same as the UK, really. Do do you feel comfortable giving a number? No, it's not about if he feels. Give us the number. <laughs> Fucking all right, Rom boy. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it's Romulus about thirty and dollars Ramus a month. Here. Thirty dollars a Thirty. Yeah. You. I'm moving. You're kidding me. <laughs> the UK is the same. The UK is the same. The UK is like thirty to forty dollars usually. I'm paying seventy. We're paying and, double the amount and of you, money. And you sound like a robot half of the time. Oh my god. <laughs> that Dude, was, that we was... all know America's internet is fucked. We all, everyone in the world knows that shit. Japan's internet isn't that great, by the way. Everyone thinks Japan has like Korea's internet. You're you're all getting Japan confused with Korea. Korea has godlike internet. Has like the best internet in the world. Japan is like it can be pretty so so sometimes. But yeah, we you know it's only like thirty bucks a month. So, hey ho. Wait, North Korea? <laughs> yes, North, North Korea, Korea's Matt. internet That's infrastructure. That's who I'm referring to. The of the Korea. developed world. Not the ones who are like esports champions or anything. Just the other ones. The ones not, who not who are South Korea, right? What are you talking about? <laughs> Our glorious leader Kim Jong Un won all the league championships. <laughs> Hey he man, invented soon, league, you, right? Soon, you guys won't even be able to talk shit about Kim Jong-un in your country, so I wouldn't even fucking <laughs> he'll, he'll carry be here. on about <laughs> Okay. Um, look, speaking... look, look what happened to James Gunn. Like, that, once Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un are best friends, you know, and the, he's making trips over here, you guys better watch your dirty mouths. We will all be watching Kim Jong-un play League of Legends for for the fifty dollar Pyongyang prize pool, with his godlike, and we will have North no Korean choice internet. but to watch. <laughs> there it's will like be no cheering ping. for the opposing team, which will be suspiciously executed halfway through the match. <laughs> uh, so speaking of politics. of substandard internet infrastructures. People, people would watch that. <laughs> Speaking of people watching some crap, <laughs> uh, Epic tried <laughs> to now put that's on a, a Fortnite segue. tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, did you guys see this story? PC Gamer um, got my attention with this headline. Epic's first official Fortnite competition was a total disaster. The video wow. they intro the article with <laughs> demonstrates... Very, very cleanly that what the headline is hinting at with this article is actually what the article fully delivers on. An exploration of all of the netcode, um, presentation, and logistical issues of, of Epic's attempt to do a in-house Fortnite tournament remotely by having their casters alt-tab... Um, with with sometimes with the fancy interface, sometimes the fancy interface for their alt tabbing didn't work. Instead of like spectating 
with their own game client, the Fortnite match, they they would switch between the Twitch feeds of the people participating in it. So that you'd have chat box and a webcam, like, covering up half of the screen of the action, which they didn't make special rules for to try to uh, make for an exciting competition. You know, Fortnite Battle Royale games, you just kind of, like, hide until the end of the match? Yeah. That's apparently what people spent most of these official money matches doing in Fortnite, is uh, either either hiding in scenery or building bunches of scenery. With with money at stake, people weren't taking chances. They were hiding in very very tight knit claustrophobic tunnels of of weird, uh, weirdly lit, weirdly textured building pieces that that you slap down in in Fortnite. And uh, it was <laughs> the the clips they have here are 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 pretty good for a few giggles really so on top of uh lag issues for the game from from the people watching the stream and playing the game the nature of building all of these constructible objects all over the map was not great for the game's netcode either <laughs> like it <laughs> it sounds like a perfect storm of the game not being built to to facilitate competitive play and epic not being prepared to try and present it as such sounds incredibly forced i mean it's only a matter of time before you know obviously with fortnite's success they were going to be doing some hype ass esports action they're trying they're trying really hard well no they're trying and like they were all like all the players were in their respective like houses and shit they weren't like in the same place well, well the circle tightens down the problem is that it would get too cramped with uh players building it, it's not houses that you build in fortnite so much as like sniper towers that you duel across no the no map. i mean when they were competing were they like in oh. the same building like oh you know, like, i see what's happening they're inside the circle that they're supposed to be and everyone was in their own separate towers around mm -hmm. the circle and, and, and looking at each other and from yeah. the sniper. <laughs> Just like barrels. build the towers slightly closer as the match goes on is how it worked. Oh my god, that is boring. That is so boring. So this is like a different form of camping. PC Gamer says that by the time the final few storm circles appear in a public match of Fortnite, there's somewhere between 5 and 15 players that are remaining. But in these tournaments, there were 30 to 50 players remaining in the last few circles, which all, all of us here have played. We know how tight it can get. So imagine 30 to 50 people with walls between them cramming into the, the, the last little bits of safe zone and conserving their ammo for safety. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Esports. Do we have any any further concerns? Any well wishes for them moving on? Because, I mean, Epic's going to be fine regardless of whether or not they can turn Fortnite into an eSport, but not everything has to be an eSport, guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's more money, though. You know? Some Somehow. I, I guess eSports draw the crowds. Yeah, they do. They do. They, they keep um, the game's long tail running. All the kids come come into the store and they're like oh i want to be a fortnite streamer i want all these the best cpus you got 
This You're like, come with me, kid. <laughs> Another sucker in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I will show you the world. Thank you, Fortnite. You need an i9. That's going to be at $1,000 for just a processor. <laughs> so so the kids want to buy, like, eSports equipment. And that's how that's how it's branded these days. That's, like, the aspirational hopes and dreams of building your own gaming PC these days is to, to turn it into a, a sporting career. Event. I don't know. A lot of people come into the to like the store I work wanting to be a streamer and stuff like little kids wow. to older older people talk about streaming and I'm like okay and and some real streamers do come in they do come in they're like oh yeah oh hey how you doing and you know they buy like the, the best crap whatever but they're already making money like there's a difference between those type of guys and then the, the people who, who come in who want to be streamers and they're spending like all their money trying to to make it happen i mean sometimes it does work out that way but uh it's not. really pervasive in the like branding i think i don't know if it's just the the part of the industry i was looking at but it seems like high-end monitors high-end cases yeah. High-end power supplies, even. They yeah. all are, like, stamped over with the extreme... With the asses extreme gamer rig kind of style branding. Like you. Yep. <laughs> the, <laughs> there's the, the disco lights inside of your, your, your computer case. It's everything. It's Red LEDs everything. for extra speed. I mean, people still come to me and they ask me, um, Oh, the, is this... This motherboard says VR ready. Well, you know, that means I can't use this other board for the VR. I'm like, no, no, the no, motherboard. that doesn't mean anything. Because that's what you got to upgrade to get your VR. It's your motherboard. Like, it's just like, no, 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 no. This is all marketing. All this, all this bullshit on this packaging is all marketing. Like, <laughs> you don't have to spend a million dollars just to freaking have a PC. Like, don't, like, I have to talk people down sometimes. It's like, God, don't know. <laughs> you folks straight, are, straight. Can are, you pay your bills this month? You, you folks are aware of the, the master PC gaming race uh, uh, meme, right? Um, what is that one? It, it, it's just a terminology that I think I don't know if Yahtzee coined it. I think he did, but someone might have been around before him doing it on on some anonymous board. But it's 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 basically a, a little bit of like quasi questionable Nazi humor adopted to depict the uh, the, the the PC the P us PC gamers, you know, as like the master race of of us gamers. It's real stupid. Point is. I was browsing for a mouse pad on Amazon and like the top recommended brand for a pretty okay price for just a black piece of cloth that you stick on your desk, which is what I want out of a mouse pad. The company that makes them is called like the PC gaming race. And it's like th their, their logo is like black and white with pointy shapes. Oh, it looks real cool on your... Uh, on on your 17 year old teenager's son's kitchen table converted into a desk for for their room that that has a batmobile case with blue lights on it it's it's just a mouse pad 
We've gone the di- full. The difference uncle. between the cloth and the material inside. Uh, to be fair, I have. To be fair, like one rips. of the only things that I bought with me to Japan was my Steel Series mouse pad, mouse mat, and I'm, oh, and I'm those, glad I still have it. Those I'm are great, and they it. just have a little logo. Like it's a nice, yeah, white. Just black. So you don't want no RGB. White. What happens to the fucking RGB, man? No, no, my mother got SRGB, and there's a black opaque case around it, so you can never see it. <laughs> SRGB. You, you're thinking about monitors again, aren't you? Sribbage. <laughs> so, SRGB. On your, speaking, <laughs> speaking of um, finely micromanaged marketing campaigns, um, delicately steering the public image of a company's direction towards a place that might not reflect the reality of, of the company's internal politics... Uh, another week has passed, which means another <laughs> Valve scandal has happened at the hands of an ex-Valve employee writing a bunch of unflattering things about Valve on the internet. This time, the employee in question is Rich Geldreich, a uh, programmer, apparently a really, really good one at that, who um, worked at Valve for yeah, five years. This guy has experience, right? He's worked at Google. He has, like, developed the, I believe, okay, I'm going to sound real stupid when I say this, but, oh, wait, no, I can actually read it off of his, um, his, his, his LinkedIn. <clears throat> this man is the man who is the author of the Crunch C++ library, the first available super compressed GPU texture solution for DXTC textures used by Google Maps, Unity, and numerous AAA games. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so the guy's, one of, the guy's a big guy. Uh, they added, Rich Geiderich added the CSM shadowing and SSAO systems to the Source 1 engine, heavily optimizing and tuning the rendering code and GPU workloads uh, for the number one and other top 10 games on Steam. Uh, ported and optimized the Source engine to Linux and OpenGL. Real expensive programmer. And this person went on a Twitter rant, both. Um, hinting at and also implicitly detailing uh, the way some of the internal company politics work at Valve. He basically wanted to give other programmers a bunch of career advice for those in the world fortunate enough to pick and choose their jobs and employers, for brilliant programmers who can, who can afford to negotiate. Uh, he, he wants to, to, to steer them away from, from self-organizing companies with unhealthy work environments. From this series of tweets, he seems to be implying that a lot of that might have been happening at Valve. He mentions um, a, a Bellevue, Washington company, and he has not worked at many of those. In fact, he might have only worked at one of those, who oh. says that one of the pseudo-managers there kept ragging on a well-known physics coder I respected, this guy joined the company and left after a few months. He describes a culture of a popularity contest where um, the, the, the well-known celebrity kind of bosses, I'm guessing the, the Mike Abrashes, the, the Gabe Newells over there, would still attempt to steal the spotlight and make unilateral corporate decisions, even though the company structure is supposed to be more flat, without as much as a, of a hierarchy. Um... And seeing as how many of those people have left and how scant Valve's output has been and how confused they seem to be about how much they want to keep their certain lineups of hardware going, 
like like the Steam machines are just kind of dead in the water, but Steam Links reviewed pretty well and sold okay, but they're still like slashing the prices and clearing them out. I I I, I think I can at least connect the dots here. But let's let's go through some of his other claims. Um he says that Valve no, no. He says that it is standard issue for some popular self-organized companies to have their PR gurus examine the effect of leaking a really friendly-sounding employee manual to the internet, which apparently Valve did uh, in 2012. They, uh, them look they, they leaked cool. their handbook. Even though they have a high turnover rate, which he suspects is due to the popular employees picking on the less popular employees. I don't know. It's not like this is um, much, much in the vein of the Quantic Dream story. It's, it's not that anyone's alleging anything illegal so much as they are alleging a poorly run company by bosses who might have too much immaturity for the positions of power that they got thrusted into mm. because they don't want to be a more traditional company with other bosses above them who could give them orders. All we hear from Valve is, the, you know, this open structure kind of thing and everything like that and how it, everything works well because you can just, like wheel your desk around and go work on a different project like there obviously is something behind it that there is always people who are running the show because like how does did, anything get done did and, you, you know, know? You have the steam team you have the fucking steam machine team you have the fucking <laughs> controller team you got the fucking inevitable half-life 3 team and the the what is it called the card game ancient whatever it, what is it uh, Whatever the new card game is, that the team, Dota like, card game. Yeah, Dota Two as well. Like, Counter Strike. Like, you know, they, they have teams. Anthem. Like shit gets done. Like people can't just like obviously just like if you're like best programmer is like, hey, I'm fucking sick of working on a MOBA. I'm gonna fucking work on a card game for a while. You're like, oh no, please don't go. We need you. So, did you know that Valve's company hierarchy is so flat, and their company, their their offices are so open, and their job descriptions are so job descriptionless that their pay structure is weirdly bonus oriented? Um, Rich Guiderich says once you modify fun. once you modify a project, you're on the hook for anything until it ships. The team will hold your bonus hostage and claim your work broke something. It's basically company-legalized extortion. Um, there was an economist Valve hired. The Valve hired their own economist, Yanis Verificas, who said in a uh, 2013 quote that the payment mechanism to Valve is very large extent bonus-based. So the contracts usually have a minimum pay segment, which is more or less established by tradition. And then the interesting part in this contract is how much is left to the peer review process, which is very complicated and involves various layers of mutual assessment. Liam, are you familiar with this? Is this how it works? No. Is this how it's supposed to work? Where, no. where you get paid by the bonus when a project ships rather than paid by the hour for doing work on the project? No, so as far as I know, and most 
studios is that you get paid your salary, you get paid overtime by the hour outside of your contracted salary position. That's if you're lucky to be salaried anyway. Sometimes if you're salaried, you don't get paid overtime anyway. That's a whole other thing. And then your bonus is, is based, depending on the company, either like what your role was on the team for that project and also like how long you maybe you've been at the studio and stuff like that and then how well the game itself is done. Like that usually would be how a bonus is given out at a company. As far as I'm aware from multiple video game studios I've heard about, this this Valve thing, because of their weird structure, seems like a ploy to get people to favor send people over other people and work weird, mysterious ways around the whole open structure thing. Problems of paying people by bonuses, which are up to company review, uh, seem to rear their ugly head by these tweets by Geldrich, which resemble anonymous reviews on Glassdoor. Um, the testimonies of certain proclaimed ex-employees on Glassdoor also mirror Geldrich's comments. One Glassdoor reviewer calls Val's employee review process a popularity contest. Another says that the opaque approach to compensation and retention breeds a culture of paranoia, despite leaving an overall positive review. Um... So yeah, maybe maybe he just had a worse experience than others, but others are still backing up what he's saying. He sounds like he was there a good long time, and five years almost. Due to like the stuff he did, he probably had some sway. Yeah, but there was obviously something that happened that has caused incredible distaste for him. And and it might have been his salary being determined by how popular of a, of a name he is in the office. Yeah, I can like, easily imagine that. I guess if you don't have like standard roles, so you can't base bonuses mm-hmm. on people's positions. You just base yep. them on the personality they are within the team. The more which you is think super about it. Weird. The more this really seems like a very, very valvey thing. Like, they let's have be honest, if we were like giving dads and sons bonuses out, if we were giving dads and sons bonuses out, we'd have to we'd have to dock you, George, for all the technical difficulties you cause us. I But then I he's famous, distribute. so it'll kind of balance out. So then there you go. If we were under the valve structure, George would be the one earning all the money, which is true I'll, anyway. I, I will distribute money to my sons uh, based on fair financial need instead of popularity. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is the valve thing coming out now, though? Like... I don't understand. I think it's because a lot of ex-Valve employees might be angry the direction the company. The, company. <laughs> the Me Too yeah, movement? Yeah, they're not there like, what anymore. Is this? Like, oh, one person says this happened to me, and then everyone else just comes out and says this happened to me too? Well, oh, fuck, yeah, that when everyone happens, like, the happens industry, to say though. the same thing. Like, that happens a lot in the games industry. All it takes is for one person to say one thing, and it's like, whew, now that person's taking the bullet. Like, I a, can... like a game of Jenga. We're keeping George busy. We're making sure he's earning his damn bonus. Okay, a one. We gotta get the the Auto Blow Two sponsorship going. I got. I need to know our iTunes auto numbers blow? so I can pitch us to 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 the Auto Blow. Wait a minute, Auto Blow? <laughs> it's it's a, it's a joke. 
Wait, wait, wait. wait no, uh, when I totally think about the auto blow, I think about that little that little puppet thing that that guy made. I mean, I don't even know. I don't even yeah. know what an auto blow is. So, <laughs> is right. it that? Uh, oh my god! I'm afraid to put it in. How are we gonna? How are we gonna segue back into this? Well, I'll have I'll I'll be distributing um all of all of my money through like fair d- d- financial need amount of hours no, we were put th- in. No, we're talking about Valve employees first. We're, we're so talking about like, we're talking about bonuses. Now I think George was. Yeah, I we're think so- George was trying to. I think George was just trying to segue into talking gibberish about a bonus. Yeah, oh, okay. so so that we can just get into the letters. Let's let's get into the letters. Um, <laughs> there you go. There's the segment. No, no. Yeah, I got I got it. <laughs> there it is. N- nice and dirty. Matt. Yeah. Actually, Matt, can you bring us into the letters? Oh, where where? Oh, the, oh, you mean letters? You mean questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emails. Well. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let me get a. Oh, I don't have any paper around me. <laughs> oh, my corporate bonus arrived for um for for being the chief executive officer, right. treasury consultant of Dad. Well, guys, it is time for mail time. Let's go to the first letter check, here. Check if there's a George envelope. It, it should oh, say I bonus can't, on it. I can't hear you at all. Hello? Maybe in like the bottom of the pile. <laughs> I couldn't hear you before. <laughs> Over the sound. I, I unplugged my microphone. I mean, not my microphone, my, <laughs> my headset. <laughs> Life All ain't right, easy for ladies a and gentlemen, bonus earning executive. Today, we have some letters. Let's go to the first letter. Here um, you go, George. Let me hand it over to the desk. All right, all right. Oh, oh, I can do the paper noises for you. you know, there we go. <laughs> <clears throat> we got one here from Joss. Uh, Joss says, Did you ever have a moment where you're showing a game to friends and family or while playing a handheld in public and the game decides to turn full fan service? Hmm. No. I don't think I've really ever shown family video games before. I got so many weird stories. I've watched oh. anime and then friends or girlfriends have been in the room and then fan service appears and it's like, ah. Oh. Kill the Kill was especially memorable in that regard. Oh, my oh I know God. I know what happens to some of the costumes in that anime. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I bet you finished that one, didn't you, George? I, I'm, I'm a little bit, at least a little bit aware of, <laughs> of, of Kill a Kill. This is a kill a kill game coming. That actually looks pretty cool. Oh, that no, will be very no, fan service. Nope, nope, nope. Well, if you oh. want to play it on a PlayStation Vita, in front of other people in public, in in a Japanese train, then you might have an experience similar to Joss when they were showing MGS Five to a few friends, and within minutes, all we saw was a long, quiet cutscene, with, with the quiet the character, not not quiet as in. <laughs> You know the adjective. <laughs> I never got to that part, but I, I'm pretty sure it's intense, knowing uh, the fan service in that game. 
I, I, you will feel ashamed of your words and deeds when you get to that part I think of I was, MGS5. I think there was a time when I was playing The Witcher 3 on like uh, the, yes. the shared TV I had when yes. I was living with some housemates. And I was playing The Witcher 3 and it triggered one of the, the cutscenes, uh, the sex cutscenes. How did that go over with the crowd? Eh, people paused with intrigue. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, that's, like, better than parents, though. I was... It, yeah. No, go, 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 go. go, uh, go I, I was go, playing go. Final Fantasy X. Always Final Fantasy. Playing Final Fantasy X. You were going through your series marathon. And... My stepdad walked in. And... You know, Yuna, the way she was dressed, and you, Yuki? I think it was Ruki. R Riku, Riku. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You know, they were all by the beach and stuff. And uh, he came in and he was like, are you, are you playing porn? <laughs> really? And I was like. No, this is a video game. Here, I had to show him like the actual, um, you know, the disc and everything. It was uh, it was a bit weird. It's a bit so weird. You you had to take the disc out and like, well, the, like the 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 cover of the disc. Porn? Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, yeah. They want wanted to make sure. Wanted wanted to make sure I wasn't out uh, playing the bad stuff. It was a weird, weird. Weird, weird time. <laughs> weird did, time in life. Did you get to save the game before taking nope. the disc out? Nope. 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 What nope. The That's shit? not the way it works. That's not the way it works. <laughs> stepdad. Excuse I say dad. I said stepdad. <laughs> For everyone who's had a stepdad know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you don't get a chance. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, that that sucked. And I, well, I get to see Yuna and, and, and I keep thinking Riku. Freaking, this is not Kingdom Hearts. And this is the was other like girl. FF10, not 10 2, right? Yeah. This oh, is God. If it was 10 2, you would have been like kicked out the house. Oh. <laughs> I, don't re I don't think it was 10 2, even though I did play that game around that same time. Because FF10, like. Everyone keeps their clothes on in that one. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because Riku's they're dressed still wearing, a certain like, way. Short yeah. shorts. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I'm sorry. Nuke Planet sure Earth from just, Orbit. Are you sure he didn't just short like shorts. The, this was a Christian home. Okay. This was this is. Are you sure he didn't just hear like the Titus laugh? Not it. Not after that. <laughs> You ruined it. He didn't with hear the Titus laugh. Um, yeah. So like, she's dressed in a bra. And short and a short skirt. Now I'm looking at here. So yeah, and she and they're like bouncing around. So <laughs> <laughs> you know how they animate the. No, characters. no, that's her ten two costume. Her FF ten costume is a, a shirt with oh, with is it? like little poofy shorts. Maybe I was playing ten two. That would. I mean, that, she's got her with, sleeves with, cut with Lulu and all that. Yeah, it was probably ten two. Oh, that yeah, because that that makes a difference. Ten two, ten two goes fan servicey a lot more. Yeah, it does. Remember the combat being way better, but yeah, that's my situation. That that's that's what happened. Wait, did it have the dress sphere combat? 
the dress what? Dress like the changing the clothing changed your powers. Do you remember that? Oh no, I don't. What? Well, that that was ten two. Whoa, I so played both playing- to the end, so I don't I don't remember around that time, but I remember having to hide a lot of the games that I played, like especially Grand Theft Auto. Could not play that when they were home for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I remember having friend's to house like, hide fun. like stupid shit, like Resident Evil Four. Like I remember having to hide that I was playing that because it was a. An 18-rated horror game. Unless it was, Ooh. like, freaking Mario. You know, you had to hide it. <laughs> um, I played a lot of games in front of my dad. My dad had had the PlayStation 2. Uh, uh, he had a Blockbuster, um, like, monthly pass. And it was in a common room, viewable by all. So, for a lot of my childhood adolescenthood, I just had to grin and bear it. I remember there were some romance scenes towards the end of Shinmu. Even when I was a child, as 11 years old, the, the voice acting and the composition were, were cringy and embarrassing. And I'm pretty sure my dad agrees with me. Uh, I remember playing with the cerebral gore in Turok 2, which which has some like incredibly gruesome, true true to the weapon's name, some incredibly gory uh, uh, animations for for the dinosaur monsters on the other end um, that that I would be uh, playing around with. I, I would very much like play around just with the gore effects on these 3D models, as I'm sure many a child has done. And, and I'd, like, peer over, and Dad would sometimes be taking a nap. Sometimes he'd just be, like, flipping through through a magazine or whatever. But he'd at least be there. And that was weird. Um, a lot of Japanese stuff from the PlayStation 2 era uh, uh, gave me those, those Dad moments. Um, I think I got lucky, and he wasn't around when people were laughing in Final Fantasy X, but I still think I I, I kind of had to shrivel up a little bit during some of that game's voice acting, because it's... It was neat at the time, but it hasn't aged great gracefully. The voice acting in FF10. I bet FF10 still plays fine. Um... Yeah, yeah. I can't really like coalesce it down to just one because there were a lot of little ones that built up into a a, a a gradual just like attitude and aura of being embarrassed about video games about around dad that has followed me throughout my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um. So we want to move on to the next question. Yeah. We got a really good one. From Sir Rick the Nick. Now, uh, I, I realize we're doing this on paper, right? But you guys might want to get on your keyboards and um, get ready. Because Sir Nick the Rick, and by that I mean that's their name at the end of the email. Sir Rick the Nick wants us to make lists. 
Sir Rex, the oh, next God. list is going to be... <clears throat> Nintendo is making a new mini console in the same vein as the NES and SNES Classic, except this time it's going to be the Nintendo Classic, and is going to feature games from Nintendo's entire history. It's your job to pick ten games to put on this mini console that you feel represent Nintendo as a company from its inception to today. Which ten Whoa. games do you put on the Nintendo Classic? Now, now, this sounds like it would take a long time, but I bet there's going to be a lot of crossover between all of us. So I'm going to go ahead and throw out Mario's 1 through 3. What do we want, guys? Mario 1 through 3. Shall we just do all three of them, or do we want to be Super Mario World. That's okay, number one. We got to vote for Super Mario World. Super um, Mario World, Super Mario Bros. 3. No! I want no, 3. No, I want 3 No! No! We fucked up! We fucked up! No! What do you, what do you we mean? We just put Super Mario All-Stars on there. We don't need to put yes. an individual oh, one. Great idea, it. Liam. Super Mario... Okay, actually... Um, our first game on the Nintendo, on the Dad and Sons Nintendo Classic is Super Mario World. Uh, no, what's... it's Super Mario All-Stars. All-Stars, All-Stars, my bad, my bad. I'm, I'm, get, I'm doing logistics, sorry. We get like five sorry. games, it's great. Okay, um, oh, and that's five Link games in one game. pretty good, I gotta say. I'm not like much of a like, oh, you gotta put like the classics on there, but Link to the Blast, I, I have some fond memories. A Link to the Blast. And Linkoplasty. <laughs> All right, link to the plus. But that also reminds me, if compilation games count, we should totally throw in the Wind Waker pre-order GameCube disc that has both Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on there. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, okay. But if we're going Wind Waker, Wind Waker HD for the Wii U was was excellent. But we only got four. I'll put that as a nomination, and we'll go. We'll, we'll continue continue Wait, these later. Wind Waker, Wind Waker HD. Um, game wait, is yeah, this only for Wind NES and SNES? No, it's entire oh, the Nintendo entire history. history. Oh, okay, maybe maybe not linked to the past then. <laughs> okay, <sighs> yeah. Um, if we're gonna do Zelda, how are I guess we, gonna... we have to take a Mario game. We have to take a Zelda game, right? That's obvious, right? We should go I mean, through we the franchises. Take, we we've got all. I mean, we've got all the good two D Mario games. We need one good three D Mario game too. Oh, go 64. No. I would I would totally pick 64. Mm. Mm. Galaxy. I mean, mm. I kind of... <sighs> We've got all the 2D ones. We've got Super Mario Bros. 1, we got 3, and we got World in All-Stars. Like, we cheated. We got it. It's done. Super we have to have a 3D. We have to have a 3D Mario. one. But is it going to be Odyssey, Galaxy, Galaxy 2, or uh, 64? Those are those are the big 3D ones. I'm just going to skip over Sunshine. <laughs> oh, right. Sunshine. You mentioned yes. all of them but Sunshine. <laughs> I... Octopath Traveler. That's a Squeenix game. Yeah, Matt. Fuck. What are we going to do with... Okay, okay. We need to pick Mario. We need to... Where's the... Three-sided coin. Hang on. We've got we've got the two D Mario games. It's fine. We need just one three D one. I vote 3D. Galaxy. I vote Liam Galaxy. votes Galaxy. I'm undecided. Matt, what do you vote? Um, sixty four. Because oh. that's what I like. Sixty four. Sixty four. It is. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. Be between the two. <laughs> Liam is not fine with that. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm I'm totally fine with that. I I've played sixty four to death. I would rather take. I would rather have Galaxy. And play that one to death instead? Well, right. you know. No. We're pretty much just doing oh. my show, just a Nintendo version of it. 
We have to so have I, a Mario Kart on there. I nominate the Metroid Prime Trilogy. Oh yeah, Metro, Metroid Prime Trilogy right on there. And yeah, also yeah. Super Metroid. No, this is too obvious. Just it regular is. I mean, Super it's entire Metroid. history. So, uh, are we are we like the Nintendo marketing team, like trying to? We have to have a Smash Brothers on there. Oh we my do. God! We yes. have to have a Mario Kart no, on no, there. No, 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 because it's entire history. So let's just put Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on. Yes, there. yes, yes. Just let's put it on there. Let's throw it on there. Fuck. This is that? a compilation of compilation games. It's yeah, gonna be the ultimate video game. No one will ever need to buy any other games other than the Dad and Sons Nintendo Classic Mini Console <laughs> and every other Dad and Sons Dad Den. Exclusive for the console. Comes with every dad and son's podcast as a free gift. What are some obscure Nintendo titles that are good to show off? Like that one of the obvious. (laughs) (laughs) It's a rare game. We can't take it. Also, it's kind of shit. Pokemon. Yellow. Oh, shit. We we should have a Pokemon. I vote X and Y. Uh, No, I vote Heart Gold or Soul Silver. Mm, those are pretty good. Mm, that, that and they have the original classic Johto regions in them too, so they're kind of a compilation. Or, or is that, or I'm thinking Kanto. of a different one, Fire Red and Soul. Yeah, well, eh. yeah, but you might as well just take Hoggle and Soul Silver because they both have Johto and Kanto in them. Okay, so we have <laughs> the the amount of games on here that aren't compilation games is smaller than the amount of games that are. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're smart boys. Okay. Yeah, we got we got Metroid, we got our Mario's, we got is some anyone, Zelda. Is is anyone bothered by Donkey Kong? Because I am not. I am not. I don't care. I don't I care. I don't care. I Tropical Freeze is a good game, but it's I wouldn't put it on here. And they then, also you know people love country and like, stuff, and that doesn't make sense to me. Second party games made by other Shit's developers. Ugly. No, it's gonna be Nintendo first party, I guess. Uh, okay. Well, then, what does Pokemon count as if it's like? Oh yeah, that's how true. stuff. I, I don't think, know. Well, Maybe by Soul free, Silver they were all first party. Are we gonna uh, do any WarioWare? Technically, are, Super Smash uh, Ultimate is like a Namco Bandai game. <laughs> uh, um, are we gonna do any F Zero? Um, what about Mario Kart? We we oh, people we have to have are Mario probably gonna want a Mario. I said Kart. we have to have a Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mario Kart 8. knew it. All the, right. the one for the Switch, that's the best one. MK8 Switch version, which is like a, a remaster compilation game of the year version of MK8. Yeah. We have two it more recently choices. recently got an update. Oh my god, this product is incredible. I want this thing to exist for... To, to give the listeners a catch-up. I'm, I'm looking oh. at like my... What's the MK8? Uh, Mario Kart 8. Mario Kart. Oh, okay. <laughs> There we it's go. Fucking Mortal Kombat. That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, MK8." So the Dad and Sons. Fucking Advance Wars or Fire Emblem? One of them. I, one of uh, the 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 Dad and Sons Nintendo Classic Set Top Box Compilation Console Bonanza is gonna have Super Mario All Stars, Link to the Past, Super Mario 64, Metroid Prime Trilogy, Super Metroid, Super Smash Ultimate, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. I guess both of them. Uh, Mario Kart 8, uh, w- whatever remaster game of the year remaster, whatever we version to... of it they put on the Switch. Now we have number we... nine and ten to decide. Um, I'm trying to think like 
what is a pretty obscure, not obscure-ish, but, I am, you know, uh, like F-Zero, Earthbound or F-Zero. something? Does Earthbound. anyone like, yeah, it has to be something obscure. Like, does anyone like Mega Man or anything like that? Well, that's Capcom. Yeah. Oh, is it? Mm. Earthbound is technically first party Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll still howl, but close enough. Never played it. <laughs> then this is the product for you, my friend. <laughs> like F Zero fit tight this on there is, as well. We got a racing this is game the though. Product for everyone. Yeah, F Zero GX for the Earthbound. Yeah, more WarioWare is kind of second fiddle. What the fuck are you talking Contra. about? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Contra's a Konami. Matt! <laughs> I, I would say if you're going to take like an entire history, I kind of think Breath of the Wild has to be on there. If okay. I'm honest. Also, Tetris, I'm just... is, is, Tetris totally doesn't count. Tetris doesn't count. I, I think Breath of the Wild uh, has to be I was going to totally say that should be number 10. <laughs> Maybe Tetris should be number 10. And then just Tetris at the end of, like, all of these incredibly long-lasting mega games. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, okay. A, a yeah. post game. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we filled our 10th slot with Tetris. There you go. And it's, like, all the way at the bottom of the list of the back of the box. And you're yeah, like, oh, is, Breath is. of the Wild and Tetris. Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to go down the list from beginning to end, that's Super Mario All-Stars, Link to the Past, Super Mario 64, Metroid Prime Trilogy, Super Metroid, Super Smash Ultimate, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Double Pack Edition, George Version. Uh, Mario the one that Kart comes 8, with the Pokewalker. <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Switch Version, The Legend of Zelda, The Breath of the Fucking Wild, and then... Tetris. <laughs> I like it. I'd buy it. Wait, I, I own all. I own the, all those games. But the original black and white Game Boy version of Tetris. <laughs> Could we cheat and just pretend it's Tetris Effect? <laughs> just get the new version of Tetris. Oh man, that's good. This is a I, really I, I good list. Nintendo, please, please. Now. No one would buy any other video games ever again. It would crash the economy. People would play games to death. They they would be mass chaos if you released this product. Um, you'd make bunchies. 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 All right. Uh, last question from Nickaras. Nickaras asks: It is often what? said that to be a good writer, one should be an avid consumer of writing themselves. Do you think this holds true for game developers? Does regularly consuming video games help them to become a better developer? This is a question more geared for Liam than anyone else, but I figure we can all like think. I mean, the immortal words of Shigeru Miyamoto, who said, "You don't have to be a gamer." To make games. I kind of think that's true. I think one thing people get confused about video games is they think that because they play video games, they will be able to make them. Which is just horse shit of the nth degree. Like, just because I can kick a ball doesn't mean I'm gonna fucking win the World Cup as a fucking soccer player or whatever. Like, also, they're totally different skill sets too, right? Yeah, like, designing video games is like th- is like... The only thing that comes close to even replicating that kind of thing is puzzle games, I think. Like, puzzle games is kind of like the backward working of creating video games, like, and designing them. I think regularly consuming a variety of video games definitely helps you 
to yeah. become a more well-versed developer and someone who has particular ways of thinking about different ways to approach things, you know, like we see lots of indie games experiment with tried and true gameplay methods like Titanfall. You know, we've spoken about Titanfall earlier. What makes Titanfall so good is it takes like a very standard, you know, video game trope, which is the first person shooter genre. And then it completely like flips it on its head by doing stuff like messing around with verticality. So, it, you know, it has a essence of mirror's edge in there. It has essence of like vanquish it, it, you know, Portal, changes. Even. Yeah, like it changes a lot about it. And obviously the developers looked at other games outside of the first person genre to influence Titanfall 2 and made it the game it is. I don't think being someone who plays games a lot automatically makes you a video game developer in any way, shape or form. Maybe you have development skills that have developed alongside playing video games that make you able to do that and I think that's the case for a lot of people but usually the people who play a lot of games aren't really the people who tend to be interested in making games both take too much time to do yes both. it's true and it's really funny because something I've sort of come to realize recently you definitely like one more than the other you either really yeah. like making games and you want to spend your time doing that or you don't want to do that and you just want to play games and you just you just want a job in video games you know and like if you play a lot of games and you're good at them you know go into esports or something but and it does seem to me like most of the developers i talk to play a lot of their own game and a lot of the one game they're obsessed with but not a lot of like yeah n not not the year's top releases yeah and it's weird because, like, you will listen to people who make games. You know, you'll listen to the guys who make Destiny or whatever. Or, um, you know, I was listening to an interview with Tim Schafer, and the games they talk about that influence them are wildly different from the games they make, which I think is super important. You know, they'll be like, oh, I'm obsessed with this. Like, uh, for example, I had Derek Yu on Final Games not that long ago, and obviously Derek Yu made Spelunky, one of the, you know, most famous indie games in the world. When like, I... a game he was obsessed with. When I was thinking Derek Yu's name, my brain was like, Cave Story! Because it takes place in a cave, and it's a little story you play through. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, Spelunky, I know Derek yes, Yu, I know so who that is. One of the games Derek was obsessed with at the time was Puzzles and Dragon. Like, the Japanese mm -hmm. mobile game. Like, he's obsessed with it. Just, like, that gameplay loop. And it's like... In, he said it inspired him to think about so many things. And it's like... Spelunky and that are, like, incomparable things. And, you know, with writing, like, obviously... Writing is writing. But video games are sound, visuals, art, writing, gameplay feel. Which is... An, an, it's a weirdly invisible thing that... You have to design that is like retuning numbers over and over again. Like that is like a complete art in itself. Like it, it incorporates so much that I think to make video games, you need to look for inspiration mostly outside of it. So like TV shows or like movies or books and art and music, you know, like you can feel so many things through different other influences and I don't know 
I'm not probably I'm probably not the best person to ask for this because I'm not a I'm not fucking Derek Yu or whatever, but I think most of the video game developers, any of you who are listening, hold in revere would tell you that they gain or gleam inspiration from outside of video games for the most part. Yeah, I I'd assume it helps at least to It definitely helps to play to be a, playing games while you're making games. And it but helps I don't to think play like a whole necessary. variety. Like you can't just be like I'm gonna make first person shooters, so I'm just gonna play Call of Duty or whatever. Like spread you, spread yourself. You'll spread probably that just end up making a bad the... Call of Duty clone if that yeah, you just do that. You will. Like and we we see what happens when people try to copy other people. You get games like The Culling Two, which are disasters. And if you like video games, that's cool. And if you like making them and you take inspiration from other games, that's also cool. But you'll realize when you start making them, lots of the ideas you have from other games, usually they're ideas that you want to make better because they're not quite as good as you when you're playing them. You're like, ah, maybe this this battle system is really good, but if I change it and do it like this and like this, then it will be like the way I personally 100% want it. I think... One observation that kind of fleshes out this question is that a lot of my favorite game designers and developers came from tabletop or board gaming rather than starting out with video games originally. Um, like, like basically the whole Black Isle um, interplay crew, um, the, the Richard Garriott, Chris Avalone types who do RPG campaigns and sell RPG campaigns commercially yeah. before getting into games. Uh, stand is a great example to me of how a lot of typical video game genres can be deconstructed into, like Liam was saying, puzzles, or for the RPG people, board game and tabletop gaming. Board gaming really explains a lot of video gaming. And I, I bet then that the real like interest that triggers a good development career is just an interest in games of any kind, mm. not just video games. Because I think once you like realize how to make a good board game, you probably have a lot of the skill set squared away to make a good video game. You need to hire people to turn it into high technology digital software, yeah. but you can just straight up take those same systems and port them over to electronics in, video in, games, in a lot of cases. Video games are just replicant experiences like they are stuff that you can simulate and experience like it's cliche to say but you know Miyamoto is the greatest game designer of all time it's inarguable he is the greatest he never studied video games he never the video games weren't even a thing everything he designed he took from other stuff a lot like, of you know, runner. Pikmin is from his love of gardening or other shit like that. He wanted to replicate the experience of gardening and what he enjoyed about gardening into a game. You know, having to take care of your plants, you know, and anything can happen under, like, the microcosms of climate and, like, your environment changing and you have to try and look after them. That replicates into Pikmin being so fragile and stuff like that. Like... You take inspiration from other things to replicate in a video game experience. It's the same with the guys who made Baldur's Gate and all the, you know, the RPGs back in the day that tra they translated their experiences with board games to see if they could do it in video games. It's like you're replicating experiences, but experiences can come from anywhere. It doesn't necessarily have to just come from other video games. Yep, Papers Please was a game inspired by waiting in the airport. Yeah. Lucas made Papers, Please by 
traveling around the world all the time, like going through security gates and shit like that. For example, I made Salaryman Zuzuki-san based on watching Salaryman on the train. Like, <laughs> I'm, that's why I made that game because I wanted. I was, and not enthusiastic, but I was interested in like learning about Japanese work culture and why they do it and like how rigorous their schedule is and like how you can't fuck up in that kind of life and. You know, that kind of inspired me to think about this game about a guy trying to get to work and, you know, experiences can come from anywhere. What is it? What I think what I think is super important is looking at other games for game feel, like playing a game and just noticing the like this game feels so good. And you're like, I want to replicate this feel in my own game. Like if you take a game like Bayonetta or Vanquish, you're like the combat and the responsiveness of these controls and this combat, like you can't look elsewhere. You can't watch a movie and be like, wow, I want to get that feel in a video game. Obviously, to get like good game feel, you need to have played other games. Like, If you're, play, if you're making a combat-based game, you need to be like, okay, what is kind of like good combat? Like, I need to look at other games for good combat. Like, you look at Bayonetta, you look at Vanquish, you look at Devil May Cry, you look at, you know, other games that are all centered around the combat. You're like, okay, this feels great. This feels tight. Why? Why does this do this? And you're like, well... You know, we need to look at this in terms of feel in our own games. But for everything else, when it comes to story or your visuals or your art or the sort of thematic themes you're going for, you don't necessarily need to have played any other video game, really. Game feel is important and playing games will make you more understanding and more well-versed when it comes to how good a game feels. You could make a game and have never played one and it probably won't play like any other game out there, which probably won't make it the best game, but you know, it's not impossible. So well, well, yeah. Uh, I, I get super interested in this kind of thing. I think it's really important. Yeah, like, evidently. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, there are great people out there who make like, for example, Barry from the Game Grumps. He did his uh, how what what's in a game or whatever it's called, and Barry, you know, he's made stupid internet videos for the game games for a while, but he has like re- he has studied like game design and he like reads about game feel all the time, and then he makes videos based on playing games through this sort of lens. Like if you were to take what's good about those games or what's bad about them and like try to change it, and that series is really good. And of course, Mark Brown, who does Game Maker's Toolkit as well, you know, Mark is not a game designer. He plays games and looks at the game design, but he takes inspiration from elsewhere to try and explain it and stuff like that. So there are sources out there that will help you learn more about that. We should... uh, I hope that answered your question, Nickerass. Oh my god, that name. I'll nick your ass. No!